So before we get started, I wanted to tell everyone about our new partners, RIS and Cal. You know, they were founded in 2019 by a nurse and a paramedic who wanted to teach their kids about charity, volunteering, and entrepreneurship. Yeah, and right now, portions of their sales are going to the American Red Cross to purchase N95 masks for doctors and nurses who are on the front lines of this COVID-19 pandemic. You know, you're probably asking, what do they sell? Their most popular product is their Frills cell phone accessory line. Basically, these are wireless earbuds, which are a perfect way to listen to your favorite podcast, Beers and Ears. You know, when I got mine, I opened it up and it immediately recognized it on my phone. I used them the entire time I did my spring yard work the other day. Yeah, I just started running and I I took them on a run and they worked fantastic. So listeners of Beers and Ears are getting some special savings. If you go to fourfrills.com slash shop, that is the number four, P-H-R-I-L-L-S, and at checkout, you enter the coupon code EARS, that is E-A-R-S, you'll get 15% off your order. And also, if you purchase a new set of earbuds, you're going to get a free silicone accessory case and free shipping. We'll put the link in the description of this podcast. And don't forget to use that promo code E-A-R-S. Let's get started with the show. Hello, listeners of Beers and Ears. My name is Casey. And I'm Matt. Welcome to today's episode. We are so excited to be coming to you today uh, with a brand new series. Uh, We're calling this the Spotlight Attraction Series, or something along those lines at least, uh, where we're going to be spotlighting uh, attractions in the parks. And today we are zooming right into things, aren't we, Matt? Yeah, absolutely. Today we're talking about Test Track that is in Epcot in the future world portion of that park. And Casey, interestingly enough, this is the ride at Disney World that I believe I have ridden the most. Really? Interesting. Okay. Yeah, and and there's a reason for this. As you know, this ride is sponsored by uh, General Motors or mm-hmm. now Chevrolet, which is under the General Motors flag. And my dad, for 37 years, worked for GM. So when this ride first opened in, I believe, like 98, late 90s, we went with the, um, my sister was in high school and the high school band went down to Disney World to march in a parade and do a workshop and then, you know, do a spring break trip. And my parents were both asked to chaperone and their only stipulation was, well, we'll chaperone, but we have to bring Matthew along. So um, incidentally, I got to hold the sign. So there's this really sweet picture out there of seventh grade me holding the sign with the castle behind me. It's an awesome picture. You told us about that in the intro to uh, the host episode. Here, I thought you were actually in band at that point, but you were just kind of tagging along as the younger, as the annoying younger brother, huh? Yes. So (laughs) what that meant was I had to hang out with my parents. Okay. Which was fine. I, I, I didn't mind that as, as a, there was no one around for me to hang out with besides my parents. And my parents were happy to go on rides and things like that with me. And so what my dad learned is that he could get backstage as a GM employee. There was a mm-hmm. GM like lounge that you could go to behind this ride. You there sit there and then you go right to the front of the line. So interesting. Me, me and my dad did this. And so like we went backstage and sat in this nice little lounge, had some pretzels and they had like a soda machine. And of course, realize this is seventh grade me who you, you tell a seventh grade boy that look free soda and pretzels. And it's like, whoa, this is uh-huh. the most amazing 
amazing thing. Well, what ended up happening was word got out that, oh, uh, Mr. Brown can get cuts in line at the test track. And so we took probably three or four groups on this ride. And because I was stuck with my parents, it's either sit outside and not go on the ride or go on the ride again. So I went on that ride probably like five or six times during that trip. I love it. And then every time we went back, we went to Disney World again when I was actually in high school and I was playing in the band. And I was like, Dad, Dad. I, you're you're hooking us up, right? You're hooking us up, and I um, love it. So we rode it again. So yeah, I've probably ridden that ride the most at Disney World just because of that one trip where I rode it like five or six times. That is awesome. You know, it's funny. So you know, I had a chance actually to go into that GM Lounge when I went with my family um, back in March of twenty. 19 we had gotten off the ride and this cast member came up to us and said you know hey where are you guys from and we're like oh we're from detroit because that's where the you know we were from well my my family's from even though i live in chicago and and they're like well you know would you guys like to come up to the gm test lounge we're looking for families you know you can kind of lounge around it's a vip lounge and we would have done it but we had a fast pass over at soren literally within like 10 minutes and and so we we, we couldn't really use that time kind of but it's interesting that you mentioned that lounge so real quick let's talk about what fast track is because uh, i'm not fast track uh yeah test track sorry test track is um what it is and so for those people who don't know what it is is you said it is a ride at epcot and it is in the future world area of the park uh, at the moment, it, it, you know, when we were there in, in February, it was actually closed down for refurbishment, but it is one of the thrill rides at Epcot, one of the only thrill rides at Epcot right now. Of course, that's going to change here in the future. Uh, what makes it really unique and the reason why it's sponsored by Chevrolet is because you are able to create basically the car of your dreams or create a car virtually and see how it performs. And this it wasn't is, always uh, the case. No, so this, no. That's actually the second version of the ride. It used to be the when this ride first debuted, you were a crash test dummy and you were um, testing out this car. And um, so you would like go through the rough road and the anti-lock brakes and all this other stuff. And you were considered like the crash test dummy, which uh, was really clever. And then they they redid it into what you're talking about, that you get to create the car and put that car through the tests. Yeah. And, and they kind of went with more of um, a Tron-esque kind of design. It's, it's uh, when you're in there now, it's, it's darker. It's got the neon lights, even though it's not really meant to be Tron. I think they were going for the Tron-esque feel with this new iteration. Uh, it is a lot. They did. It is also the uh, the fastest ride at Walt Disney World. Do you happen to have the the, the mileage that that it, it it can go up to? I do, and I actually have some incredibly uh, incredible research that I did. Casey, I did okay. a bunch of research. All right, <laughs> well, let's very boring things. So the top speed is sixty five miles an hour, which is the fastest ride at Disney World. Uh, Rock and roller coaster is close. But um, that has the fat uh, for what I believe is the fast, fastest acceleration, but yes. not the fastest top speed. Interestingly enough, a couple of sources said they wanted this ride to go 95 miles an hour. But Whoa. Florida state law 
states that amusement park rides cannot go above 65. So really? I, I, I sifted through the theme park regulations for Florida. <laughs> I probably spent like 30 minutes like sifting through all this. I There's so much like jargon in there that I cannot figure out whether this is actually true. But I found a couple sources, articles that said, yeah, this was supposed to be like a 95 mile an hour ride, but it's Florida state law that prohibits that. Interesting. That is interesting. So, so, okay. So for Florida state law, 95 miles an hour, that, or at least that's what you were, you were, you weren't able to necessarily find it, but you found some sources you said. Yeah. So, I mean, I found articles that said that that's what the original plan was. But again, there, there's just so much like legal jargon of like a kitty ride is defined as something that does not go over three miles. I, I learned a lot about uh, Florida <laughs> state laws and amusement parks uh, in this past week. So doing this research for you listeners, look at the lengths we go to to bring you great content, Lift, sifting through Florida state laws on amusement parks. <laughs> So one of the things I want to dive into with Test Track for a couple of minutes, Matt, is is kind of a game plan that people should have when when considering Test Track because Test Track is considered a, a tier one fast pass attraction. So now this a lot of this is going to change here soon when Epcot opens a lot of its new attractions like Gardens of the Galaxy and you know Ratatouille and and, and you know the Moana attraction. You know who knows where we're going to be, you know, a year from now, but at least right now, here we are, April of 2020, we'll, we'll assume the parks will probably open back up sometime in mid-June, I would imagine. So about 2 months from now, hope maybe sooner, but I doubt it, probably mid-June. As of right now, fast pass attractions in Epcot are by tiers. So you're allowed to choose one tier one attraction and you're allowed to choose two other tier two attractions that are different. So what are tier one attractions? Well, Test Track is a tier one attraction. Soarin' Over the World is a, a tier one attraction. And Frozen, um, the, the Frozen uh, ride in Norway is a tier one attraction. So when you're making your Fast Pass reservations, you know, if you're staying on property 60 days out, you've got to pick one of these. And what I will tell you from being the theme park extraordinaire that I am and listening to the other podcasts that I listen to, Mouse and More, you know, all, you know, Lou Mangiello on WDW Radio, and I know you listen to a couple of them as well, I will tell you that there is a very systematic game plan to consider when it comes to choosing your fast passes. And Test Track is not the tier one fast pass that you should go for when choosing your fast passes. And the biggest reason of all is it's got a single rider line. Yes. It is one of the very few attractions at Walt Disney world that gives you a single rider line. And more importantly, this single rider line moves super fast, super fast. Unlike rock and roller coaster where you can be in that single rider line for almost the same amount of time as the regular line in fact i I made that mistake when i was there last time i got in line waited for about 20 minutes i didn't move and they made an announcement saying you might be just in line in line just as long or longer in single rider i'm like well screw this so i got out of line test track that's not the case you have a single rider line so what a lot of experts will tell you to do is they will tell you to make your fast pass for frozen you know for the frozen ride and 
book it, rope drop it to Soren first thing in the morning. And the reason why you want to do that is because um, the the World Showcase doesn't open until later in the day. So you book it to Soren. You get over there. You do a rope drop. Get there first in line. Then you make your fast pass for the Frozen ride and the single ride over at Test Track. And again, single rider means you're not going to be with your party. You're going to be split up. But if you've done this a couple times and you just want to get the thrill of being on the ride, you're able to do that. But yeah, so let's so let's be clear here. When you yes. do the single rider line, you do not get the experience of Correct. creating your own car. You Correct. just hop on the ride, which for those of us that have that have done that experience, like I've done that experience before. Don't get me wrong. It's super fun, but I, I prefer just to be on the ride. And also the reason that this single rider line moves quicker is because the cars are cars of six. Mm-hmm. Well, most people when they're at Disney World are in groups of two or four. Correct. And so you end up having these awkward two seats or even sometimes you get the if there's a family of five or a family of three and you get the three and two and then one empty seat and so it actually is a way that they can move this ride through capacity and keep it at capacity i read it only runs about 25 to 26 cars it's not a lot of cars and so they need to make sure that every car going out is full and the single rider line is is just is genius for that and that's why i yeah. think test or um rock and roller coaster doesn't work is because it's all twos yeah and so exactly you're getting you're getting a lot of even number people yeah, and, and I'll tell you, too, that you, know, you talked about it not having a lot of cars. This is one of those rides, too, that I feel, it, and, and again, I don't have the numbers to support me. Maybe you looked these up, but I do feel like there's a lot of bang for your buck with this ride. Uh, yes, you get absolutely. you know you get a lot of experience. I mean, we we walked through the queue. We we didn't do fast pass when we were there last year. We actually went through the queue. It was about a sixty minute wait, but of course we had to do it because of you know the kids and more importantly my 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 nephew Blake is just a car like crazed enthusiast, right? So so you know we wanted to get him on this ride. You know, at the time he was like four years old, so you know we wanted to get him on this ride. But you get a lot of bang for your buck. In the queue, there's a lot of really cool, if you're a car nut or a car historian, walking through the queue and seeing the various prototypes, it's almost like your very own little auto show. You know, like if you've ever been to the North American International Auto Show over in Detroit or the one here in Chicago, it's almost like your own little auto show for GM for Chevrolet. And then of course the experience of actually building your car. If you do decide to go through the whole experience, either by waiting in line or going through fast pass, you get the experience of building a car, which is a lot of fun. The first time I ever rode this attraction, I just single rode it. Then I got a chance to ride it while building my own car. And there is some fun because you're able to see how your car stacks up to other people's cars and and how and how they relate in terms of speed and how they handle and traction and steering and all these different things and then just when you think the attraction is over then bam they speed you up and pull you outside and you get that experience of flying around that raceway and yeah 65 miles an hour you know we go 70 on the highway here but you're not going 70 open top no windows no top nothing around a raceway where you're zero to 65 in a matter of seconds it's a pretty darn cool experience man 
that's it's an awesome spot in the ride. And I and I want to highlight that part from the first version of it because in the first version, when you were a crash test dummy, this was the crash test. We've mm. all seen videos of these where like they take a crash dummy and throw it, you know, forty five miles an hour at the wall. And I remember the first time going through this where you come down that way and you go, where are we going? Mm-hmm. This is wait, mm-hmm. wait, we're, wait, wait, this is the crash test. Wait, wait, what's happening? And they accelerate you and you're like, oh no, oh no. And then all of a sudden those doors swing open mm-hmm. and you're gone. And it's like that, that is just such a cool, cool thing that you only get the first time you do it. Um, Now, don't get me wrong, you know, subsequent times is still really, really fun, but you know that those doors are going to open. You can feel that and you can feel that that Florida heat, too. You know, something's coming. There's there's some of those rides. This is one of them. Um, Twilight Zone Tower of Terror is another one of them where you can feel something is coming because you can feel the Florida heat. Yeah. So it's. It's, it's a re- really cool effect. And then I remember like being on it a bunch of other times with groups of students with my dad where they had the same thing. And it was cool to watch them like freak out about, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen? And it, it, that that part of the ride is awesome. Like, to be honest, with you, if you take off that back half of or the back end of where you're going 65 miles an hour, it's still a decent ride. You get some yeah. thrills. You, a decent you know, like, ride, but you don't necessarily, yeah, you don't necessarily want to, it's not one of those rides that you'll ride again on purpose. Yeah, but yeah. with that, that last part of it where you hit that straightaway, it shows you the miles per hour and you can see that you're going 65 and then you keep going and hit that bank curve and, and it's, it's, that's, it's such a cool, cool ride. When I was on the ride with my, with my nephew and my niece and, you know, he had his hat. And of course he had his hat on and we're getting t- close to that part. I said, all right, Blake, I got to take your hat off. And my brother looks at me and goes, why are you taking his hat off? I said, just wait. <laughs> and sure enough, we, we, we jam. And of course, Ryan still had, I think Ryan still had his hat on and he just reaches for his head and pulls it down real quick, you know, because you don't, you don't expect that. Right. You know, because they do a really good job at masking. You can hear the car coming over you, but you can't see any of it. You can't see a darn thing. You know, because when it finally comes around over you, by that point, it's slowed down. So you're yeah, not seeing the down. Yeah. So you're not seeing the full 65 miles an hour as it comes over you as you're waiting outside. So, you know, as we kind of start to, to kind of wind down the episode here a little bit, Matt, one thing I want to call out to, you know, back to just strategy for riding this ride. This is one of the rides that you want to get out of the way as quick as possible. There, there's a couple of reasons for that. Number one, if you can get your fast pass early in the day, awesome. If you decide to rope drop it, awesome. This is one of the very few rides because it does go outdoors that can that does almost every day temporarily close due to rain and thunderstorms. I and I read that if there's lightning within like five miles or something like that, they like legally have to shut it down because it's outside. No, well, it's no not just that. it's not just lightning though. Rain affects this too because of the track outside. Rain mm. affects this one as well. So if they get a decent not not a sprinkle per se, but if they get anything more than a sprinkle, if they get they get those afternoon showers, 
Test Track is one of those rides that will shut down for a period of time, usually in the mid-afternoon, and can shut down for a period of 20 to 30 to an, 30 minutes to an hour while that rain shower goes through. So if you happen to be one of those people who gets that fast pass in that time period, you might very well, or if you've, or if you've waited in queue, you might very well be waiting that much longer and stuck inside while that passes. So the sooner you can get this out of the way, the more likely you're going to have to actually experience this, this particular attraction. Yeah. And with other rides, there's sometimes this ebb and flow. Like I remember last time I went with uh, my father-in-law, we rode pirates like at 3 PM and waited like 25 minutes Mm -hmm. because we were checking the app and we're like, Oh, all of a sudden this dropped. This is one of those rides that just never drops. It always is like baseline 60 minute wait Mm -hmm. and even can balloon to something more. Now, again, it'll be interesting to see with Epcot getting more e-ticket attractions, the Guardians of the Galaxy coaster, the Moana experience, other just things that are going, the Ratatouille ride is going in with more of these e-ticket attractions. Does this spread out some of the crowds? Because I think that's one of the problems with Epcot right now is if you're looking for thrilling attractions, this is kind of it. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Soren, I think, is a thrill ride, but not in the way that Test Track is. Frozen is a not really considered a thrill ride. I mean, again, there's cool moments, but I wouldn't be like, come off the Frozen Ever After ride and be like, whoa, what a rip-roaring good time. Yeah, you've like, basically got this and, and maybe Mission Space, but even Mission Space is is it's just a simulator. I mean, you're not yeah, going anywhere. This is truly a thrill attraction in the true nature of the term thrill attraction, you know? Exactly. And so again, there's more of those types of things coming and maybe that helps it spread out. But Casey, you're, you're absolutely right that if, if you really don't care about the building a car experience and you just want to get on this ride, do the single rider line is the way to go. It is absolutely the way to go. You will get on in 10 minutes or less. Most times I don't want to guarantee anything, obviously, but all the times that I've done it, I mean, there was one time it was a 60 minute queue wait and I got on in 10 minutes because I did the single rider line. It, well, I, I've was... used the single rider line. For, there's, there's different attractions around Walt Disney World where the single rider line is just, this is one of them, uh, uh, um, Kilimanjaro, not Kilimanjaro Safaris, uh, Everest. Expedition Everest is the, is the other one. I mean, I, I was there um, with, with Nate uh, in February and he didn't want to go to Animal Kingdom that day. He stayed back at the resort. So I went to Animal Kingdom. I rode Everest in a matter of an hour. I rode Everest, I think, seven or eight times. And that's one of those that the queue is cool. Like it has all this, like it builds this this storyline of, of the Yeti. But I wouldn't say I go through that queue. It's not like I, 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 I'm like, man, you know, I kind of would have liked to have build a, built the car. Yeah. Like, ah, whatever the queue on that one. Yeah, same thing. Last time I went to Animal Kingdom, I rode that four or five times because I'm like, well, I'll just keep hopping on the single rider line. That's becoming more popular in a lot of parks. And I'm curious if that comes to the States. Like I know Tokyo and Shanghai single rider lines, pretty much most rides have them. And I'm curious yeah. if we're going to see more rides that are being built, put in the single rider line to try to alleviate some of the crowds and increase the capacity because I mean, again, anytime that you let a boat or a car or a vehicle go that has one or two missing seats, that's mm-hmm. one or two people that are not getting through on that ride. You want a full car. Yeah, they measure they measure 
the, the thorough put of these rides and, and, you know, how often you can be at hundred percent capacity to determine the success of that particular attraction. Right. Because that, that car or that boat or that vehicle going through is going to have the same wear and tear on the attraction, whether there are people in that particular ride or not. So when you, when you put the people, when you put the boat or the ride, the ride vehicle through without maximum thorough put, you're putting the same, wear and tear on the vehicle and on the ride without the same overall usage that they're trying to shoot for, for pleasure, et cetera, et cetera. One thing I want to add real quick before we start to wrap up, for those of you on the West Coast over in California, you know, sometimes it's not so easy to make it out to Walt Disney World, nor do you not always want to because Disneyland's more of that local park. Well, guess what? When they built uh, Cars Land and they built um, out the, the, the Cars Ride, they went to Test Track and, and basically stole, I don't want to say stole, they borrowed, they copied the same technology that Test Track uses for its ride uh, to to uh, put into the cars right out there uh, with Lightning McQueen, correct? Yeah, it's, it's very similar. Like it, it's not a carbon copy where it's not the same exact thing, but it's essentially an, an IP themed Test Track is what you're yep, getting. Yep, exactly. Yep. And I think it's a, I, I don't remember, I don't believe Test Track is 100% a trackless vehicle i think there's still a track but the motions the the what you're feeling and the you know the the you know when you're riding over rough pavement and rocks and gravel and all that stuff um you know you you get a lot of that in, in in disneyland as well so well matt i'm looking at the clock it looks like it's closing time sir yeah, absolutely. Um, why don't you tell us where they can uh, find us? Oh, okay. I can I can do that. Sure, absolutely. So we have a number of ways for you to get a hold of us here at Beers and Ears. Uh, first and foremost, if you have a Facebook, um, look us up as Beers and Ears Podcast. Uh, we have a Facebook group. We're over 200 members at this point and growing. It's a great way for you to leave feedback and comments and pictures and memes and just to stay connected with us. We've also got a Twitter uh, which is Beers Ears 1928. Of course, 1928 being the year Mickey Mouse was drawn. Uh, you can also email us at Beers and Ears 1928 at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram too, uh, Matt. What's our Instagram handle? Same thing as uh, Twitter, Beers Ears 1928. We're trying to put out uh, as much supplemental content as we can uh, to, to when we reference something or an article like you guarantee you're going to be able to find the Florida state laws on amusement parks linked <laughs> in on social media. You better That's believe amazing. I'm doing it. Um, yep. So look out for that coming later today when, when after this episode posts. Um, so awesome. yeah, it's, it's a great way to just stay connected with what's coming out. If we do release bonus episodes, we, we, we want you to be able to know about them. And yep. also make sure to rate and review us. That really helps us out. The more that you rate and review and comment, on the actual podcasting sites the higher our podcast comes up on search engines and so we appreciate it if you leave us a five-star rating and even put just a hey this is a great podcast we love listening to these two fine gentlemen talk about disney absolutely well with that being said let's take a, a drink of our beer crack open a new one here sounds great and uh, we are going to call it a day my friends thank you so much for joining us on beers and ears today and we will see you next time have a magical day guys bye everyone see you next time